I would assume that at least most of you are familiar with um, the character, the Hulk. Um, <clears throat> starts in the comic books and of course now with the Avengers. And it all begins with this mild-mannered scientist, Bruce, I think it's Bannon, right? Banner, see, I knew who is a very gentle and peaceable man. However, when angered, when threatened, he becomes this huge green beast named the Hulk, who is full of rage, who is extremely destructive, who is out of control. Now you wonder, what in the world has that got to do with anything today? After all, it's just a comic book story, isn't it? Or is it? The problem is the Hulk might be a true story, huh? Have you ever known people like that? Who are these gentle persons and suddenly they become somebody else? That person of rage, that person of anger, that person who is out of control... You look at them and you say, where did that come from? You've said that about people. And we wonder, where was that lurking inside? How did that mild-mannered Bruce become that angry, destructive Hulk? And we see it in all kinds of scenarios, whether it's anger and rage or addictions that take control. And where did that come from? But the real question is, not about somebody else, but about ourselves. Could that be true of us? Could there be moments when we become that person that we later even look at ourselves and say, where did that come from? I don't want to be that way. I don't want to do that. I don't want to say that. I don't want to treat people that way. Where did that come from? As we grow up, we are taught what I want to call lines on the road. And, and we're taught those of, of, of what is right, what is wrong, what we should do, what we shouldn't do. And part of growing up is having these adults around us that teach us these lines to paint on the road of life. We could call them boundaries. It's not just our parents who teach us these things, our, our teachers at school, our coaches on the ball field, the scout leaders, adults at church. All of these people help us develop these boundaries for life, the lines on the road. They guide us, they keep us safe, they help us live a life that works, except when we go off the road, huh? except when we cross that center line and we do things or we say things or, or we agree to do something that we later think, what was I thinking? And we end up not only across the center line, we end up in the ditch. And how often have we said, how did I get here? Where did that come from? Have you ever done that? Are you afraid you might do it this week? some area. And what's the solution? 
Well, the normal human reaction to that is, is as we see people driving off the road and crashing their lives, is, well, we just need to build bigger boundaries. Paint the lines brighter and whiter. Put reflective things along the line so we won't go across them. We try and reinforce the boundaries. We put in tougher consequences. We're going to watch our actions more carefully this time. And we all make those vows, I'll never do this again. Until we do. And we've painted brighter lines and we put reflective things on them and we end up in the ditch again. And we say, how in the world did this happen? And it happens again and again. Jesus had an insight into this that I think is worth looking at today because he explains some things of why it's not working to just paint brighter, wider lines to keep ourselves in those boundaries. And it's a really sort of a shocking thing because it's not what we would expect. The situation that's happening is that Jesus' disciples weren't obeying all the rules. They weren't living in the boundaries. And the specific thing was they weren't eating cleansed food. In the legalism of Jesus' day, you had to cleanse your food. You had to wash it symbolically so it was holy and it was okay to eat. Because they believed that if you took in this food that wasn't uh, purified, wasn't prayed for, it would somehow defile you. And these legalists were seeing Jesus' disciples and they were getting sloppy with the lines. They weren't always praying for their food just the right way. They weren't always doing exactly the right thing and they come after Jesus. And basically say, Jesus, you're in charge. Shape these guys up. Make sure they stay inside the lines. And that's where Jesus surprises them. So the story is found in Matthew 15. Verses 16 through 20. And Jesus says to all these critics there, Are you still so dull? Jesus asked them. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart. And these are what defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person, these things that come out of the heart. But eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. You see, the thing that Jesus is trying to get us to see is that boundaries, the lines we paint, the rules we make for life are focused on the externals, what my hands do, what my mouth does, where my feet go. And and painting broader lines, building guard barriers isn't going to solve the problem because that's not really the issue. Jesus says the real issue is what's inside, where all of that stuff is coming from. Because what we do, what we say, the decisions we make, how we treat people, those are symptoms. They're not the cause. And Jesus says, if you want to worry about something, worry about the cause, the source. Worry about your heart. 
Because that's where all of that's coming from. Out of the heart come those decisions, those things we do or don't do, those words we speak, our reactions to people. Those are just showing us what we can't see, but they're showing us the condition of our heart on the inside. The Bible uses the heart. It's the word Jesus uses here is really speaking of that, that inner being of who we are. It's what we think, but it's not just what we think. It's also our emotions. And, 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 and it's our will and how we make decisions. It's that spiritual part of us that's inside that you can't see. But it is critical because it's very real and it's really what drives us. What guides our choosing, our acting, our decisions. It's from the heart. And what Jesus is trying to say to us is that what we need to be paying attention to is not just what our hands are doing. Because if that's all we're paying attention to, we're not solving the problem. What we need to be paying attention to is what's on the inside. Because if we don't, then our actions are going to surprise us. And we will always be saying, where'd that come from? How'd I get here? I can't believe I did that again. And that will continue to happen unless we start to not look at our hands or our mouth, those externals, but we start to say, what's inside? We see that all the time, don't we? Somebody we thought was a friend and they don't treat us that way. Well, that was a heart issue. And we look at the outside and, and we start dating a person and we say, oh, wow, that's great. But then something comes up and it's like, where'd that come from? It's because it's a heart issue. It's not just what's on the outside. And it wasn't just Jesus. Solomon understood this too. Solomon was the wisest man who ever lived. If you think about it, he had the highest IQ that's ever been scored. He would have been president of Mensa, hands down, for life. He asked God, and God said, I'll give you anything you want. And he said, give me wisdom. And God said, I will give you more wisdom than anybody. And Solomon, in all that incredible wisdom, arrived at the same conclusion as Jesus. He, first of all, sort of gives the background about his wisdom. Let me read a couple verses, and then I'll put on the screen what he's finally said. He says, my son, pay attention to what I say. Listen to my wisdom. Turn your ear to my words. Don't let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. So that's his introduction. He says, pay attention to what I'm going to say because it's true and it will revolutionize your life. Listen to me. And then what is the very next thing Solomon says? Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows out of it. So here's the wisest guy who's ever lived saying, the number one thing, above all else, if you're not going to hear anything else I'm going to say, pay attention to this, guard your heart. Because everything else that happens is coming from there. And that's exactly what Jesus was saying. The same principle. 
You see, the answer isn't better boundaries. Focusing on the rules. I have to, I have to say, I think that's where we're so frustrated in our culture right now. And, and, and everybody seems to be talking about the solution is bigger boundaries. But the problem and the flaw in what we're doing is, at the same time, we've also said we're not going to talk about our hearts anymore. And everybody can do whatever they want with their heart, what's on the inside and what they believe and who they are. We shouldn't interfere and tell you what to do with your heart. We're just going to focus on your hands and what you can and can't do. And we wonder why it's not working. Because our culture has said your heart doesn't matter. Everybody can do whatever they want with their heart. We'll just focus on your hands. Stay on the road. And there's car wrecks everywhere. And we're wondering why are there so many car wrecks? We'll just create self-driving cars. That'll take care of it. Are we going to create self-driving lives? Or are we somewhere going to realize that, gosh, maybe Solomon, the smartest man who ever lived, Jesus, the Son of God on earth, maybe they were right. And the solution isn't in our hands. And what we do or what we say, the real solution is to say what's in our hearts. That's not fun things to do. We don't want to go there. I would suspect there's not 10% of the people in this room who would say, oh, Jim, you want to talk about what's inside? Oh, great. 90% of us was like, sorry, busy. I can't hear you. My phone, a bad connection. Hello? I, I understand that. It's not because it's fun or feels good, but it's because Jesus and Solomon are right. If we want to stop wondering, how did I get in the ditch? We've got to do more than look at our tires. We've got to look at what's inside. And that's how we will stop it. And that's how we will bring a, an agreement between what we want to live and how we actually live if we look at our hearts. Unfortunately, sometimes if we look there, we may find that there's that hulk inside us. And we need to know that. It's not pleasant to realize that I too could be the hulk. There's times I too could see, say, do, make decisions, go places, treat people, react in ways that I'm saying. Where did that come from? But we've got to look at that because we've got to deal with the heart. So how do you guard your heart, as Solomon says, as Jesus says? Well, we're going to look at some specific areas over the next four weeks. And we're going to look at three questions in each area. How do we monitor our hearts? How do we do that EKG of that spiritual being inside us and say, how's my heart doing? Because we need to know that. And we need to be able to ask our questions. And it's not that we can have a spiritual stethoscope. But what Jesus tells us is we can look at what's coming out. And what's coming out is going to tell us what's inside. And if we see mud coming out of the pipe, we know there's some problem in there. And we can deal with it. 
So part of it is monitoring our hearts. The second thing we're going to talk about is how do we guard our hearts. We're going to look in specific areas of what, what is it that comes in and affects my heart. You know, a mosquito comes and stings me out there, but that's probably not going to affect my heart. But some things do. Some situations I get in, some people I'm around, some things that happen to me. Sometimes little things, but they have a huge impact on my heart. Sometimes there are things that are said to me that I just can't let them go. And they may not be huge, but they impact my heart. And they're like a virus that gets in there. And that virus just grows and eats away at our heart. And we've got to monitor our hearts and we've got to guard our hearts. And the third thing we're going to talk about is how do we heal our hearts. If I've had that virus, if I find out that there is the Hulk in me, and I've got to face that, it doesn't have to stay that way. We have a God who can heal that heart inside us. And we're going to talk about how we heal our hearts. We're going to look at those things like anger and guilt, jealousy and envy, greed, those green monsters that come out at the worst times and cause us to be people we don't want to be. And we're going to look at that, about how to develop, as the healthy people say today, healthy heart habits. And we're going to try and develop those over the next few weeks. But I want to ask you today to consider, as we begin, are you willing to come on that journey? We don't have to stay with that monster inside us. We can come out of this darkness into light. It is possible with God's help. But for that to happen, we have to be willing to ask some tough questions of ourselves. We have to be willing to not run away, but we need to look inside. And that's really the question I want to ask you today. Are you willing to go there? Not because it's fun, but because it's so important. And to look and see honestly what's in there, check our hearts, and bring some healing to our hearts. Can I just ask you some questions for you to think about? Is everything okay with your heart? If we ran an EKG on your spiritual heart, what would it show? Are you mad at anybody? You know, really mad? Are you waiting for someone to come up to you and they need to come to you and make it right? Have you had any of those imaginary conversations where you're letting somebody have it? And you keep having that conversation again and again? Do things come out of your mouth on a regular basis that you have to apologize for? Do you do things frequently that you have to say, sorry? And they happen again. And where you honestly, though you may never admit this to anybody else, you honestly are saying to yourself, where did that come from? What was I thinking? Is that happening to you? Have you secretly celebrated someone else's failure or loss or pain? 
Are there secrets eating at you that you hope no one finds out? Are there questions you hope no one ever asks you? All of those are ways for you to check your heart. And I would ask you to begin praying in these next few weeks only that God would say to you what He wants you to say. Sometimes that's going to be a, a word of freeing where you can move on. Sometimes it's going to be a way to help your heart be healthy or protect yourself from those things that come in and wound your heart. I believe God would love nothing better than to come into your heart in the next four weeks and help you this fall be free and rake away and put in a bag and throw in the compost pile those things which are holding your heart and creating that monster in you. Will you pray for that? For yourself and for others. Pray for me as I work on these four next sermons. That this would be a wonderful time of hearts becoming healthy as we guard our hearts. Let's pray. Father, we don't talk enough about our hearts. It makes us uncomfortable. We don't like what we see. But then we wonder why we keep finding ourselves crashed beside the road. Jesus is so wise and so correct. We need to look at our hearts. I pray that your spirit would be working already in all of us to help us see our hearts honestly only so that we can help our hearts become healthy. That we can find the joy and new life you want us to have as your sons and daughters in Jesus. I ask this in his name.